Praise you, Lord. Yes. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Oh, we rejoice in the Lord. Glory to be to God. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, would you turn to me, please? Proverbs chapter 30. And while you're turning, I want to just announce, uh, don't forget, we'll be having a, a Christmas party tonight. And uh, do, do others need to bring anything or is it all going to be? It's pretty much covered. If you want to bring something, you can. But, man, we got some. We got an awesome program for you tonight, so I want to encourage you to come and just be a part of that. And uh, we're trying to do something for next week. Something was canceled tonight that we had coming from uh, another place, but we believe that maybe next week we, we, we got some possibilities. So we may have two in, two, two in a row. How about that? We're just going to celebrate the rest of this year. Amen. We're going to celebrate and be sober. At least if I keep you in church, I keep you sober. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Proverbs chapter 30. Something I want to share with you. Verse 28. Now I know better. I know you better than that. Proverbs chapter 30 verse 28. The Spirit spoke this to me after last week. I I taught on uh, the first part on depression. And I want you to see this in verse 28. The spider skillfully grasps, or the King James says, takes hold with his hands and in it is in king's palaces. Now let me ask you something. How many of you here this morning, you know in your heart that you rule and reign in Christ Jesus? How many kings? He says by his blood he has made us kings and priests. How many kings do we have in here? Come on, who's all kings? Amen, amen. We're kings to rule and reign. But it says even in the king's palaces, one day Solomon sitting on his throne, he looks up and he goes, huh, when I thought I was top dog, there even something I can't touch, and that was the spider. He looked up and he saw a spider web. Uh, some lady's going to be blessed in a few minutes. So here we are. Oh, you're telling me who to throw it at. Now, don't you jump on Sister Lou. Uh, don't you jump on Sister Lou. How many of you know? Listen, this is what I was seeing there. In the king's palaces, <laughs> this is fun. I love coming up with this stuff. In the king's palaces, I'm a mess, I know. You love me, huh? Thank you. In the king's palaces, there's even the spiders. And how many of you, how many of you know you can take them old webs down as much as you want to, but if you don't kill the spider, what comes back? And in the king's palaces, the spider builds its Luella. The spider builds its nest. And you know, but I thank God for that. You know, we had a sister Kay kept she showed me that we had a big spider web up there. And if you don't kill the spider, that web's gonna come back. But you know what? I thank God for the webs because I don't know about y'all, but at my house and here, we have black widows. And you identify their their webbing is thicker. You know, you know what black widow webbing looks like. And we have some lounge chairs outside, some plastic chairs, and they've got holes all over on the bottom. And when it comes springtime that I know the kids are going to be going out there and laying on there, or people are going to be sitting out there, I turn up when I, all I have to do is walk around and I see those webs, and the web tells me there's a black widow underneath that chair. And so I turn it upside down. You know what I'm talking about. I turn it upside down, get the wall spray to knock it out a little bit, and then go around killing those black widows. And guess what? I kill the spider. I get rid of the web. But if I get rid of the web and I don't kill the spider, oh, the web. Lord, I'm coming to bring. 
<laughs> if, if I don't... <laughs> I guess me, Sister Luella's going to heaven. That I better put this up. He said, she said, we're going to heaven. She's taking me with her. So I'll, I'll go ahead and put that right there. Because you got my point, right? <laughs> if you kill the spider, you get rid of the web. And we live year after year after year. And you even hear some people would say, you know, I've lived a long time. You know what I've learned? There ain't much good out there. And you hear a lot of these negative things and a lot of reoccurring things happening in our lives and we wonder why. Well, it's because that web keeps coming back. And we keep looking and complaining about the web instead of going to the source, which is the spider. And I shared with you last week that we don't want to just... The uh, doctors and psychiatrists and food and friendship many times and all these things that we try to deal with the leaves when we need to deal with the roots. And as you know, Jesus went to look for fruit on the fig tree and and all it had was leaves. And he says, I'm not interested in leaves. And what did he do? He didn't rebuke the leaves of the tree. He rebuked the fruit of the tree. Song of Solomon says that it's the little foxes, the little things, not the elephants the little things that spoil the vine. And so the Lord wants us to identify if there's a web, if there's a reoccurring something coming back in my life, trying to torment, trying to pull me down, trying to bring depression in my life, I've got to deal with it. So I've got to deal with the root of it or the spider that even goes in king's palaces. I've got to deal with that. I've got to, listen to me, and we're going to see this in the Word of God, I've got to kill that spider i got to kill that spider because you know what? If I, let the, if I just get rid of the net, net web and I don't kill the black widow, my kids will always be in danger. Anybody coming to our house will always be in danger if I don't kill that black widow because I just get rid of the web. You know, when my wife and I lived in the jungles, the first time my parents came and lived with us, we lived in this hut. It was horrible. And we, all we had was a mattress on the floor and a mosquito netting over it because of the uh, scorpions. There was tons of black and brown scorpions and so we let my mom and dad live underneath uh, sleep underneath the, uh, the mosquito net in our bed on the floor and we slept on the side of them on air mattresses or, or something we did something just the floor we slept on the floor next to them and my wife had took her bobby pins out of her hair during the night and put them on the floor and when my dad woke up you know he didn't have his glasses on and so all of a sudden we hear some hammering going on and some yelling and something hitting the floor real hard and there's my daddy on his hands and knees and he's killing bobby pins because he didn't have his glasses on and he thought it was scorpions and I mean he was hitting them bobby pins were flying everywhere and, and, and my wife started no dad that, that, that's, my, that's my bobby pins and he thought it was scorpions if it was a scorpion it was dead four times twice I tell you that thing was dead but listen but I gotta hand it to him if it was a scorpion it would have been dead and he wouldn't have been stung well you know what There's some spiders and some scorpions we need to tread upon. And don't you just love it when you finally get to kill them and you just, they burst and they're gone. They're gone forever. Well, we want to bust some little rascals up this morning. We want to get to some roots of things that just try to come and pounder you and bring the webs of depression and suicidal thoughts 
and, and discouragement and stress and anxiety. And we want to study on some of these things and we want to dis- destroy them. And before I give the definition here, you know, the, the sad part about depression is the enemy wants to use depression from you finding your purpose out for life. You see, Elijah, how many know Elijah? He killed the 450 prophets of Baal. He prayed and the Lord stopped the rain for three and a half years. A mighty man of God. But do you know he got discouraged? Because after a warfare, after a battle, it's easy to get discouraged. It's easy just to feel like, you know, just like, I just don't want to live. And he was asking God to kill him. And God says, Elijah, there's three things I want you to do before you die, before I take you. And do you know out of the three things, say three things. Three things that God told the prophet Elijah to do, he only did one. Depression will keep us from fulfilling our purpose. And God wants to deliver you from from that spirit of depression. Now, you may say today, you know, I I have reasons for my depression. I have real reasons. I mean, there's reasons why I am like I am. I understand that, but there is a peace that passes understanding. And there's an unspeakable joy and full of glory. I mean, I, I look over here and I see my sister Terry. Her and brother John lost their son. And, you know, it was just a few weeks later, you know, people told her, don't go, to, don't go to Afghanistan. But, you know, she says, no. She says, my son would have wanted me to, plus the Lord wants me to. And with all that pain of her son that had passed away just in his early 20s, she went to Afghanistan. I got Sister Nita Everett. This is a victorious bunch right here. I got Sister Nita. Just a while back, y'all know, just about a month or two ago, a deer came through her windshield with her daughter and her granddaughter in the back. Big old deer came right through the windshield. And... Uh, uh, hurt her. Uh, she was. She looked real. She had some. She looked real good for having black eyes. But but she was in pain. Her body. The the. Uh, it was all tore up. Her, her daughter got hit. But uh, the little granddaughter in the back didn't even get touched. Just saw it go through. And just an awesome testimony. But what was what was the real testimony to me is how a doctor or a preacher could go in there, and there she is, laid up in the ICU, and she's laughing. And she's joking around. When I went to see her, I expected to see old past. I'm going home. But no, no, I didn't expect that from her. But, you know, you find that sometimes. I'm going home. But you know what? She was laughing and just talking and praising God. Now, that's an overcomer. And God wants to do And some people are saying, you know, I don't have any purpose in my life. I'm divorced. I'm single. Let me share something with you. When some people tell you they're single, you can tell. You need to, after this message, you need to go and have your toenails and fingernails done. You, you need to start putting makeup on again. You need to start fixing your hair up again. You need to start walking like you are more than a cougar. I mean, more than a conqueror. <laughs> hey, you, need, you need to understand, though I've been attacked, I will arise. Because some people say, you, you know, I'm single. Yeah, and we can tell you're single and miserable. Come on, you need to at least get happy, get, get fixed up. Hallelujah. Amen, brother. I got an amen corner right here. Amen. Some of you men need to get rid of them dark black socks you wear with short pants and sandals. I know you think it looks cool, but it don't. Get you some white socks. <laughs> My pastor, Brother Francis, 
he, he's almost 70 years old. And, you know, his toenails don't look good either. But he wears sandals and he's a man's man. He wears sandals and short pants. He don't put on no black socks. <laughs> look alive. Amen. God wants to bring purpose back in your life. And I know I been drinking some eggnog. But you know, 18, listen, I told you 17 million, it's gone up since then. The new study says 18.8 million Americans are depressed. 18.8 million. But you know what? I don't want to see no depressed people in word of grace. And you don't have to live depressed. Amen. I know there are per- people who are hurting. I know there are people who are discouraged. I know there are some cougars who are crying. But I know that God has something planned for you. Amen. Now listen to this. The definition of depression is prolonged sense of sadness. Discouraging hopelessness. I can feel it start going down already. <laughs> Discouragement means, listen to this, the inability to rebound. Never get up again. Never care again. Never care about the outward appearance. Never care about relationships. Never care about giving yourself. Never care about trusting again. The inability to, be, to rebound. So many people today, you know, I, don't, I can't trust the government. I can't trust the church. I can't trust my neighbors. I can't trust my boss. I can't trust my mate. Because of all these different circumstances that many have lived through. And it's like, I just can't trust. I can't trust. I can't trust. I can't trust. I can't trust. You know where it says to, to come to the Lord as little children. You know where we have to be? How many remember when your children were real small? And you were their champion. And you would tell them, jump baby, daddy will catch you. You ever had a child, and mine would do this, they wouldn't just jump feet first, they would just fall over like that. Did you ever see a daddy who says, jump and I'll catch you? And when the child was falling, just let him fall? Did any of you daddies ever do that? Then I know why we got to preach to your children. But you see it in movies when these, what do you call these people who want to uh, surf? Body surf? They jump out off of a stage? Huh? Crowd surf? You ever see somebody jump off to crowd surf and, and they don't catch them and bow? <laughs> we had an elder in Argentina, G- Gavi's daddy. And Horacio, he would grab his baby. It was his first boy. And he would grab his baby and he would throw it up. And catch it like this. And one day he missed. Bow! On the cement floor. That's what's wrong with him. I don't know if I've ever told you that. He hit his head. But have you ever known a daddy say, Daddy's going to catch you and they jump. Whoop! That'll teach you. Taught you a lesson there, boy. Don't you believe nobody. Like telling the boy to get on the handlebars of a cigarette. Oh, cigarette. Get on the handlebars of a bicycle. And when you're going down the road, okay, now when I tell you to, put your finger in the spokes and I'll teach you a lesson. Our God, our Father is not like that. He wants you to trust Him. But there's a lot of things we've gone through that causes us to mistrust Him. And it's not because of Him. It's because of what we've gone through and the spider webs that keep occurring in our mind. The bad experiences. 
But listen, your experience of the past is not your prophetic word of the future. And I shared with you last week what the Spirit of God taught me, and this is original. Your perception may be your deception. Your perception may be your deception, and that's an open door to discouragement. Now listen to this. Almost any physical illness can be made worse through stress. Stress can bring depression, anxiety, and frustration. And I know you're thinking, well, how can I deal with the stress? Well, that's why God has given us the Holy Ghost. That's why you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. That's why you need to move in the Spirit of God every day. Study and keep the Word. And that's why you come to church to hear these type of messages. But listen to this. Number one, what is depression? A feeling of hopelessness and despair, sadness and apathy. It is a feeling of overall gloom. A move toward depression is a move toward deadness and emptiness. It's a loss of perception. The way you perceive your job and your family, you start looking at things differently. And I'm going to share a story with you in the Bible in just a few minutes. The way you look at things differently. So listen to this, and I'm going to show it in the Bible in a few minutes. But listen to this, the perception, the way you see things differently. A depressed person easily sees things and they seem ugly. Boy, this house is so ugly. My car is so ugly. I am so ugly. You are so ugly. The pastor is so ugly. That church is so ugly. This is such an ugly town. There's a lot of talk going on like that, and I'll tell you why. Depression causes you to see everything as ugly. The perception. I don't like that person. Oh, that's ugly. They're, They're ugly there. It's the depression that causes us to see things one way. And listen, you know what's bad? You know what causes trouble? You know what's been a a, a plague in this area and in every area? Is that we see something because of what we're going through and because of our perception, we speak things that are not true and we join the work of the enemy against the kingdom of God. The Word says love one another and prefer one another above yourself. And when our perception's off, when we're depressed, we start seeing people and start hearing things and and the different things that are are biting us and the things that that are bothering us, we start seeing them and we start judging others and it's it's a wrong perception. And then we get under guilt and condemnation and even judgment because it says, judge not least you be judged. Do unto others as you would have. That was the message Wednesday night. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And so we start sowing things that we don't want to reap. But what's the problem? Our perception's off. Why? We're discouraged. Uh, And we start speaking and judging and saying things that opens the windows for us to fall underneath even a greater condemnation, greater problems, a closed heaven, and then we end up getting more discouraged and getting more depressed and more down and more anxious. And we don't realize that we're caused it all on ourselves. So it says we perceive our job, our family, our life. Oh, my husband just doesn't love me anymore. My wife doesn't love me anymore. My kids don't love me anymore. It's, then it starts changing. Depression produces a negative thinking pattern toward life. Oh, there's so many. Listen, he came to give you life and more abundantly. And, and listen, listen, I'm going to share scripture with you in a few minutes. Listen, listen, it grieves the Holy Spirit when you speak against the life Christ purchased for you. It grieves the loving Father who gave His only Son when you speak of life so miserable, so unacceptable, and you wish you were dead. And He goes, oh, no. 
that's not accepted. It changes the physical activities and loss of sleep, general loss of self-esteem, anxious and tense, withdrawn from others, a fear of being rejected, a desire to escape from problems, even from life, the hermit spirit, the runaway hit syndrome, and just, I just want to run away. I want to go somewhere where nobody knows me and start over. But you know what? Depression, the, the spider webs follow you. The spider follows you. The spider spells it and the pig speaks it. Ever see Charlotte's web? A depressed person is oversensitive to what others may say and do. Often misinterpreting actions and comments. Often misdirects anger or uses anger as a defense mechanism. Or opens the door for guilt. This is all my fault. Oh, how I have heard so many precious people going through a divorce or going through a situation in their life or going through things with their children and they're crying or they're hurt and they're pain and they're bleeding inside and they're going, it's my fault, it's my fault. And, and the, person, the, person was, the person who left them was totally in the wrong, totally in sin, totally messed up, but yet they're blaming themselves. And, and Father, I just pray right now in Jesus' name for every blood-bought saint of God here today. And I come against that spirit of depression. That lying spirit, that oppression of the enemy that would try to suffocate the very life you gave. I come against that spirit of depression with all these, these different representations, all these different manifestations in their life that if anyone here is, is combating any of these or fighting or living with any of these symptoms, Father, we thank you, Lord God, that Lord, you speak to us now. Be made whole. It's not just the healing of your body. It's not just the healing of the flow of the blood. It's first the ministry to your spirit and your soul to make your soul whole so that your body may be whole. And I pray for the healing and their deliverance in Jesus' name. And the church says, Amen. Amen. Some of the mental signs are negative thoughts. Can't concentrate. Memory loss. Inability to make decisions. Overboard self-criticism. Thoughts of death, suicide, self-comparison. Saying nobody loves me, nobody wants me, nobody understands me, I feel alone. All of those are the voices of depression, not the voice of the Holy Spirit who abides with you, whose temple you are. I read read this to you last week, but it was so good that this doctor said, The defining characteristics of pessimists is they tend to believe bad events will last a long time and will undermine everything they do and it's all their own fault. The optimists who are confronted with, with the same hard knocks of this world think about misfortune in the opposite way. They tend to believe defeat is just a temporary setback that it causes one confined to this one case. The optimists believe defeat is not their fault. Circumstances or other people brought it about. Such people are unfazed by defeat. Confronted by a bad situation, they perceive it as a challenge and try harder. Look at your neighbor and say, we're trying harder. We're trying harder. You may say, well, that's just all me. Gloom and agony. Hee-haw song. No. He wants to free you. Try harder. He also claims that we can change from pessimistic thinking to optimistic thinking. The Bible says that, have received the mind of Christ. One of the most significant findings in psychology in the past 20 years is that individuals can choose the way they think. 
I can choose whether I'm going to accept that I believe that they think or say that. I can choose to believe that I'm this or I'm that. I can choose what I decide to believe or I can choose what the Word of God has already wrote, wrote in Scripture. Depression is nothing more than its symptoms, that spider. It is caused by negative thoughts. There is no deep underlying disorder to be rooted out or unresolved childhood conflict. Sometimes there is, but not all the time. Not unconscious anger, not every brain chemistry. Emotion comes directly from what we think. What we think. Therefore, if you're listening to CNN, listen, every time you listen to bad news, a web goes up. There's a spider called news. There's a spider called CNN. There's a spider that's called Fox. There's a spider that's called the news. And every time you listen to it, that spider starts making its webs of fear of the future, of depression, of losing your home, of everything you work for, you're going to lose. There's a spider that gets to work and building its web because if you listen to the news, let the spider loose. You've got to understand, you've got to tear the web down with the Word of God if you're going to live a victorious life and not a defeated life. Because the world and friends and family and things you hear will always speak the negative, the negative, the negative. But you've got to tear that web down with the Word of God. We're going to read in Scripture, taking thoughts captive, killing that animal, that beetle, that insect, and getting set free. Amen, church. You decide the thoughts you think. Depression results from a long life habits of conscience thought. If we change the habits of thought, we change depression. Also read to you about, we must talk to ourselves instead of allowing ourselves to talk to us. Do you realize what it means? I suggest that the main trouble in this whole pattern of spiritual depression is a sense, in, in a sense is this, that we allow ourselves to talk to us instead of talking to ourselves. Why don't you just quit? Why worry about starting over? Why hope for better days? Why expect your mate to be back in church? Why, why, why? Most of our unhappiness in life is due to the fact that you're listening to yourself instead of talking to yourself. The main art in the matter of spiritual living is to know how to handle yourself. Walk in the Spirit. You have to talk to your, take yourself in hand. You have to address yourself, preach to yourself, question yourself. You must say to your soul, why are you cast down? What business have you being disquieted? You must turn on yourself. I love that part. You ever turn on yourself? Be quiet. Upbraid yourself. Condemn yourself. Exhort yourself. And say to yourself, Hope thou in God. Instead of muttering this depressed, unhappy way, you must remind yourself, I have a God. There is a God. Now look with me in Philemon. Because I know Philemon. Yeah. Philemon, Philemon. He's after Titus and he's before Hebrews. Philemon 1 verse 6. I want you to see something here. Say talk to yourself. Say preach to yourself. Say teach yourself. Now I want to show you this is in the Word. Let's look at the Word because this man said this, but I want to show you in the Word. In Philemon 1 verse 6. Look what it says here. Are you there? That the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement, say acknowledgement, of every good thing which is in you. Say every good thing. Every good thing. 
salvation, deliverance, healing, authority, power, joy, peace, all that the kingdom represents. All of these things have been deposited in you. But you've got to acknowledge these things. You've got to hold on to these things. Because the Holy Spirit, He's going to ask you, He says, why are you speaking about the negative instead of focusing on the positive? Listen, you've got kids. And, and, and you know, let me, let me tell you something. I was, my kids, some of them, bless their heart, not all of them, they struggle in math. One or two do. I struggled with math. My first ministry was D for deliverance. I made a lot of D's and I made some C's in math. I was not good at math. And you know, I hear my kids saying, I'm not passing this. I'm not passing math. I'm not going to pass math. But yet, they're making A's like I did. I made A's in history. I love history and science and I made A's in those two subjects. But, you know, I would concentrate saying, I'm so stupid. Why? Because I'm not doing good in math. But yet, I was doing honor roll the whole time in history and science. But instead of meditating on what I was doing good on, I was depressed about what I couldn't do good at. And that follows you in life. I'm so bad about being with people. Well, you know what? How many of you know, when you get ready to start dating again, or when my wife talks to a couple about getting married, they go, write down all the things you like about them and all the things you don't like about them. And usually if, if they get married, if, they can, if the things they like about them outnumbers the things they don't like about them, she usually say, well, I think this might be a good match. But how many of you know, without going to a psychiatrist, how many of you know that if there's more you don't like about the person than you do, how many you know you better not marry that person? No matter what he looks like, man, he, he, he's going to make your life miserable. So if there's more on the list that you don't like about them than you do, you usually start getting discouraged and wondering whether you ought to keep a relationship. Have you ever written a list about what you like about you? Well, that's pride. No, you need it, bless your heart. I have met some of the most wonderful people in the world in nine years, but yet they don't see themselves about how wonderful they are. People who say, Pastor, you wouldn't want to come eat at my house. Why? You ain't got no food? <laughs> no, but, you know, you know, we, we, with this and that and the other. Oh, come on. I've eaten in huts with dirt floors. And you know what? I've had some of the best feast. Things you wouldn't eat. <laughs> but the heart of the people were precious. The house the money, the table, the mixed chairs, the dining room table. That don't matter. You got a heart. I have met some precious people who don't believe in themselves. They keep seeing the D's and the F's and not focusing on the A's and the B's and what they do make. He says, acknowledge all the good things inside of you. Amen? The good work that I am doing, he said he'll finish. Amen? He talks about, in King James, he says the effectual. Now, listen to this. The effectual there means the energized and activated. The energized and activated. Listen, you're going to have to activate and energize what you say about yourself and about your situation. This is killing me. Then you've just activated the key of death. This has messed me up for life. Then you just activated the key of defeat. I'm more than a conqueror. You just activated. You're just advising the spirit of life. Come on, this is good. I'm going to buy this tape. Come on. Woo-hoo. You need to talk to yourself. You say, that's what the psychiatrists say. No, the word of God even says here, energize, 
activate the truth of God. Lord, you love me. You accept me. You care for me. You did not cast me aside. You, you, oh God, you are not to blame that I was born in the situation I was born in. You are to praise for taking me out and making me who I am and who I'm going to be. I am not what they said I was. I am who you say I am. I am that I am just like my father. Activate and energize. I'm such a failure. Man, I've messed. Mom, you hear people. They start talking and things don't go so well. And they start saying, oh, I've messed my mind up on drugs. Listen to me. I can't even have a conversation. But they have some of the most tenderest, beautiful hearts. And they say, you see, I'll never, who want to live with me? Oh. I know a lot of people. (laughs) You got a wonderful heart. You're a great person. Don't down what he paid to set free. Don't down what he lifted up. Whole church. I was a drug addict. I was an orphan. I was a drunkard. He lifted you up out of that. Now, don't down it anymore. I was a pervert. My, paper, my picture was in the paper. People know who I am. Who I, who, I, who I am. How many years ago was that? You're not that anymore. Oh, my God, people, he loved you so much. He loves you so much. You've got to preach to yourself. You've got to energize. You've got to be energetic. And listen, I know it's not going to happen right away. David said, bless the Lord on my soul and all that's within me. Bless his holy name who forgives all my iniquity. Start off there. Who heals all my diseases. Who delivers my life from destruction. But you've got to start off. I know at first, you, I know, I know it's, it's hard for you to say, you know, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for my life. Thank you, Lord, for who I am. Thank you, Lord God, that I am wonderfully made. Thank you that, Lord, I am a blessing to others. I know it'd be hard for some people to say that right now, but you keep on acknowledging that good thing that he put in you and it's going to come out and you are going to be a blessing to others. Amen. The good thing. And now write this down, the word acknowledge there. By the acknowledgement of every good thing, acknowledge. Now write this down because you need to know this. That word acknowledge means to be well instructed. You got to have the scriptures and the word over yourself. Well instructed. It means intense. Say intense. Intense, deep knowledge of the facts. Intense, deep knowledge of the facts. You may say, you know, Pastor, I, I feel like I am so uneducated. I'm so stupid. I only have a sixth grade education. I just don't feel like I amount to much. I've struggled all my life. Well, the word of God speaks time and time again that there is a wisdom that's available from above. The word of God, listen to me, the word of God speaks that there is 
a word of knowledge, a word of counsel, a word of instruction, a word of understanding. Listen to me, church. Think about it is how intense do we want to get into the areas of knowledge and wisdom to uh, build those things up, to meditate upon those things, to get ourselves out of those situations. Listen, the deeper you might have been in some things, the more intense you may need to get in the Word of God to renew your mind, to build your spirit man up, to start speaking those things which is according to the Word of God, the truth that you have not even known, accepted, or believed. Faith for yourself comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God about yourself, about who you are in Christ. Please, please don't go nowhere right here. Stay here a little while longer. Please, please, uh, please get, get this. Because you see, the acknowledging of every good thing, listen church, the acknowledging of every good thing that's in you through Christ Jesus will build the strength, the courage, and the boldness in the last days to stand when everything else is falling away. The way Joseph was bold, courageous, and strong was because the Lord told him to be strong and courageous because that he was with him and because the word he promised to Moses, I'm going to do it for you. All that God promised Jesus, he's going to do it for you. But you see, you've got to get intense and studying about all the areas of your life that you're fighting in so that you can be bold and strong and courageous when they start coming up with these different laws and when there's all these different battles that they're talking about and all the things we'll be facing next year, whatever it may be, whatever's coming in the future, you will be strong, you will be courageous, you will be victorious. Why? Intense studying. So that you, in the rough times, you're able, I acknowledge Jesus is the one who supply my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I acknowledge that I have the supply of Jehovah Jireh and El Shaddai on my side. I decree by the intense study by the word of God, according to Jeremiah 23, 1, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. Do you see this? Amen. It means intense, deep knowledge of the facts. Sure of who he is and what he has said so that we can be unmovable Standing strong in the Lord. As you know, Ephesians 6, 17 says to put on the helmet of God to h- cover our minds against these thoughts of depression. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, 4 and 5. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and destroy false arguments. Verse 5. We destroy. Say destroy. Do you hear these words? Knock down. Destroy, not put up with, not erase uh, the webs. We destroy, we destroy the spider. We destroy the root system. We get to the very foundation of the cause of misery and pain and discouragement. We get to the point to where for this cause, we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God and we captive their rebellious thoughts to teach them to obey Christ. To take captive. There's a gap between what the Bible says and what I'm saying. I need to take those thoughts captive. I love the word casting down. In Spanish, it's the word castigar. And that's the word we used to use like when we go, son, I'm going to beat you when we get home. Yeah, castigar. That was the strong word in Spanish. Voy castigar. I'm going to get you a police. I'm going to give you a whipping you won't ever forget. That's what that word castigar means. It means I'm going to get a branch and you and I are going to go in the back of the house and you're going to get it good. I'm going to beat the rebellion up. That's what castigar means. Well, do you know that's the word there, taken captive? It means to come in, I'm going to whip you. Y'all looking at me like I'm a bad daddy. 
Not that bad, huh, baby? I'm all right. Listen. You're trying to punish me? Oh. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, I'm going to punish you. You're trying to get me depressed. You're trying to tell me I'm a nobody. You're trying to tell me I'm a loser. You're trying to tell me I'll never make anything in my life. You're trying to tell me I'm a bad mother and bad dad. You're trying to tell me I'm a horrible husband, horrible wife, horrible provider for my family. You're trying to tell me I'm a loser and I don't have a future. Well, I've got some things to tell you because I don't believe a word of it. I've read the word. I am firm and founded on what I believe according to the word of God. He says that I'm to acknowledge every good thing in me, not every, every bad thing you're telling me or my mind's trying to tell me. I'm not to acknowledge you, devil, and I acknowledge you only as a liar and the father of it. I I acknowledge that you are a prosecutor, that you are an adversary, and you are a lost, defeated foe that Jesus triumphed over 2,000 years ago, and through him I am more than a conqueror. So I want you to know one thing. You're trying to punish my life. You're trying to punish my marriage. You're trying to punish my finances. No. I say in the authority of the name of Jesus, Satan, sit down. You spirit of infirmity and disease and sickness and poverty, sit down, because I'm about ready to beat the living hell out of you. I'm getting ready to tell you where you belong. I'm getting ready to stand up to you and tell you right now, you're not going to come against my life. You're not going to defeat me. You're not going to jam my mind with thoughts of suicide and depression. You're not going to tell me that I'm not worth anything. You're not going to tell me that I'm defeated. You're not going to tell me I'm not making it to heaven because of this sin. I want you to know that I am coming against even to the very root. And if it takes me the rest of this year, the rest of my life, I am going to overcome it. I am not accepting your words. I am not not acknowledging what you have to say. I am acknowledging the truth that set me free and keeps me free and maintains me free. So I say to my mind, I say to my emotions, I say to the words of my ancestors, I say to the words of my parents, I say to the words of my teachers, I say to the words of my ex-lovers, I say to the words of my ex-bosses, I say to the words of whoever has spoken against this temple of the Holy Ghost, get thee behind me, Satan. You are not keeping me from going forward. I am going above. I will acknowledge every good thing. And my daddy loves me. My father loves me. Castigar. I bet you're saying, they don't say hell in church. (laughs) Strongholds. Fight to get up in the morning. A fight to go to work. A fight to even care. A fight to even love. Taking those strongholds. Paul said to tear them down. He says he always had fights and problems. But he was a fighter and we got to learn to fight. Amen. And I told you before, it's not just tearing the gates down, as you see in the movies, it's tearing the columns down. They'd bring those big old battering rams and they would ram those gates. And I I don't only want to burn the door down. That's why they didn't burn the doors down. They wanted to tear the columns down. Because there is no more column. There is no more place to hang the doors to keep them out. How many of you know you have the blood, you have the word, you have the spirit of God to get free? Can I hear an amen? Amen. It grows to the point where the person hears these things, believes these things, and starts to say them, and those things become the the key to depression. Emotional depression, low self-esteem, lack of hope, guilt, irritability, crying with no reason, anxiety, worry. These things stop trying to, uh, they, they, they try to make you stop feeling the peace that God has purchased for you to have. Just write this down, John 16, 33. John 16, 33, and, and I'll try to hurry here. I'm, t- I'm sorry for going a little over here. Listen, it says, it, it talks about that in this world you will have tribulation or the word affliction. David said, many are the afflictions of the righteous man. Listen, how many of you, when you were small, ever try to grab a handful of marbles? 
as many as you could, but some of them would slip out. How many ever gra- try to grab a handful of peanuts and some slip out? How many ever try to grab a hand, and one of my favorite, M&Ms, and they slip out? This is what that word tribulation affliction means in John 16.33. In this world, there are going to be situations you will not be able to handle. Some things are going to slip by you. You will not have control over every situation in life. You will not have control over some of the things that happen. But be of good cheer. Even though things may slip by and you go, but I tried to grab it all, but I couldn't hold on to it all. He says, be of good cheer. You will not be able to have a hold on every area of life. Some things are going to pass you by, but don't you let it take you down. You keep believing, you keep holding on, and you keep caring. You hear, church? You hear? And and, and let me go ahead and and, and I'll just leave the rest of the notes right there because there's no time. Don't worry, this will not be my, depression will not be Christmas message next week. I I won't go into depression next week. But, but let me go to something very, very important. And oh, I wish we had time to read it. But you can go read it. The book of Ruth, chapter 1, verses 5, verses 13, and verses 20 and through 22. Ruth's walking with Noemi and his sister-in-law. And you read all those scriptures where it says, Noemi says, I am bitter. Don't call me Noemi. Call me... What's her name? Other name? Yeah, something like that. She said, call me by another name. And the name means bitterness because God has brought this affliction on me. This is what the tool of the enemy is. Noemi did not know she was getting ready to get into the lineage of being the great-grandmother of King David. All she knew was my husband died and my two boys. God took my husband and my two boys away from me. And when they said, Noemi, don't call me by that name anymore because now my name is bitterness. I'm bitter towards God. I'm bitter towards God. He did this to me. And you read it all through there. He, she keeps talking about God took my boys away from me. God took my husband away from me. God did this. And she was bitter towards God. And she says, I'm bitter towards God. God has chosen. And she went somewhere else. And she says, wait a minute. No, God has chosen to afflict me. God is against me. God is against me. And if we don't watch it, depression lingers to cause bitterness to come within the soul. And we get bitter towards our family. We get bitter towards our friend. We get bitter towards the body of Christ. But the danger part lingering, we get bitter towards God. God did this. Well, the word says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Things we go through in life. There's so many unfair things, but if we're not careful, there are things that would easily cause us to become a bitter person about life and about God. And you hear people today, you want to come to church? I quit that. I don't get nothing out of that. I won't, you won't ever see this person darken the door of a church again. They're bitter, but yet they don't know they're on the pathway that leads to destruction. Wide is the gate. We get bitter. But you go on to chapter 4. Praise God, there's always another chapter. And this woman who was so bitter and so angry up in age because she told him I'm old and I can't have any more children for you to marry get away from me be careful be careful who you send away from you she wanted to send Ruth who was the key for her future oh this is just getting into I feel it going down my arms 
don't send away from you. Just don't be quick to send people away from you or get away from people because you never know that that person that you may want to send away from you is the key for your future. It may look bad and you may be angry. You may be depressed and going through a few things right now, but don't be quick to quit that job, quit that marriage, leave that family. Don't be quick to send those relationships away because they may be the key to your future. Because it does say that she started nursing that child. Ruth's and Boaz's baby, the grandfather of King David. She nursed him, and she says, God has restored. Because why? Ruth bathed herself and positioned herself, got out of what seemed like death, and got into the promise of redemption. Acknowledge every good thing that is within you. You, my brother and my sister, have an inheritance. You have an inheritance of a joy that comes from God, the source. And the word says, he has, he will, and he will continue to deliver you. So please, bought one of God, please, son of daughter of God, don't stay down. Fight the roots. Get to the root of whatever has been bringing this depression upon you. Whatever memory... Someone might have hurt you, done you wrong. Whatever wrong, and and if you have a battle, and listen, I'll tell you what, I personally, back in the early 80s when my mom died, I went a whole year angry and bitter at God. You could have called me what Noemi was called because I was bitter and angry at God. Thank God my wife stayed and she understood because she had lost her father. But when I, I lost my mom, after every person anointed her and prayed for oil and everything, memorial offering and everything, and she suffered and she died... I got so angry and bitter. Prophet came through and called me up and says, you're like Peter, you're angry at God. And the whole school went, I said, oh yeah, I am, I admit it. Because I had already told God, God, I'm angry, but I can't change it. I need you to help me forgive you and not blame you. I got real with God. I knew God enough to where he knew, he already knew my heart. Why should I hide it? I went to him and said, God, I'm angry and I'm bitter, but I don't want to stay this way. I need you to forgive me. And saints, I'm I'm still alive today. Lightning did not strike me. The plane did not fall. and I did not die. I love my God. And he's revealed to me in a whole year process. He revealed to me reasons why my mom passed away. He did. He ministered to me. I'd stay up three o'clock in the morning with him. He saved me. He healed me. So whatever you hurt, whatever you may be fighting in areas of bitterness, of loss, grief, he is a restorer. And what you've got to do is you've got to start, instead of the Lord has afflicted me, you've got to go, I praise you, Father. I love you, Father. I adore you, Father. You see, you've got to instigate. You've got to start it. I love you more than life itself. I praise you. And you get to the point where Job says, though you slay me. Every piece of me will praise you. Though my family's gone, and though I'm in the ashes, you're my God and I praise you. I worship you. And God turned it around. So wherever you are today, whatever pain, whatever hurt, whatever bitterness, today's the day to cast it in the fire and just leave it behind. Let's go ahead and stand.